Well, hello everyone. My name is Corey Yingstrom, here with Teacher Tech Trials, where I interview educators from around the world, finding out how they creatively use technology in the classroom. Today, I had the opportunity to talk with Rochelle Poth. She's a Spanish teacher in Pennsylvania who's always looking for ways to innovate in the classroom. In our interview, I asked if she could tell a little bit about her experiences with Nearpod. It's a fantastic app that can facilitate really engaging lessons using VR and other tools. If you haven't yet had the opportunity to connect with Rochelle, be sure to reach out. Uh, she's really involved, a really friendly person, both on Twitter and Voxer, uh, sharing ideas and inspiring teachers to do great things. Personally, she helped me uh, get kind of pointed in the right direction towards uh, some Voxer groups, uh, Growth Mindset, EDU, and Engage Chat. So be sure to connect with her and check out some of her other resources on this post to find out a little bit more. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to Teacher Tech Trials. And as always, continue to share, learn, and grow in educational technology. Enjoy. Rochelle, well, it's great to have you here with us. Um, can we start out with you telling a little, telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, uh, my name is Rochelle Poth. I am a foreign language teacher, and I also have a course that I teach uh, called STEAM, What's Next? And it's an emerging technology course that I teach uh, to eighth graders. And I've been teaching at Riverview High School. It's uh, not too far from Pittsburgh for almost 20 years. Uh, I've been there and I've taught, you know, all levels French, Spanish, exploratory. I teach students in grades 7 through 12. It's a small junior senior high school. And and one of the things that uh, I saw on your Twitter description, uh, kind of the about section there, you had mentioned that you had a lot of experience with Nearpod, and I was interested in learning a little bit more about that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, it's um, I've, I've been using it with my classes over the past, I guess, year in the classroom, and I've used it in my master's degree program, uh, which I just finished in May, and that's where I really started to learn more about it because we had to create some synchronous and asynchronous lessons and work collaboratively. So it was nice that we could kind of work together with this platform and then test it out and then use it with the other students in the class and get that live feedback. Um, so that kind of led me to take another look at it to see what I could do with it as far as my classes. Uh, teaching foreign languages, you know, there's there's so many resources out there, and some of them are really great for the students, and some of them, you know, like the uh, the use of translators and things like mm -hmm. that. I, I cross my fingers and hope they don't use, but I do encourage them to use a lot of technology, especially things that you know are beneficial for their learning. Um, mm -hmm. I give them a lot of resources, and my, I guess motto is, okay, I'm going to throw a lot of resources at you with tech tools, but not that you have to use all of them, but it's kind of like toys. If you see something, try it out. If it works for you, great, keep going. And if it doesn't, then there's plenty more where that came from. And with Nearpod, what I found is that some of the students who are in my class are the ones that are looking at the clock and thinking that when they look at it, it's going to make the time move faster. <laughs> uh, when we did lessons with Nearpod, they, you know, they weren't looking at the clock and they were the last ones to leave the room. Mm. Um, the other thing is they were asking for more opportunities with that, so that was nice too, and it was great for me because they had that individual practice, so I could monitor and move around the room and see, you know, what they were working on, see the results, get the feedback right away, and then use that to, um, you know, go forward with the lesson, but in a small school, it's funny because when you teach multiple classes of the same level, you often hear the words, 
I heard that, and then it's followed by whatever we did. And so the first time that I used the Nearpod, I knew, like, I was so excited to use it with them because I had some of these interactive activities and virtual tours. And um, I knew that after the first class had it, that as soon as the second class came in, it was like, okay, they're going no, but I did have some to do some like spur of the moment things that you add in. But I also learned another lesson is like you don't always teach the same lesson the same way to each class. And for me, my current schedule, like I teach Spanish one the last two periods of the day, and you get that practice and then you kind of tweak it a little bit for the next period. So what I learned with using things when I use Nearpod, for example, is that don't always go in the same order. So those students that come in and say, oh, I heard we start class with this Nearpod activity, and I'll start the class with it. I throw it into the middle, or I save it to almost the very end. So I keep them kind of guessing. Um, keep them on yeah, their toes. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And so you described a few elements of Nearpod virtual tours, quizzes. Can you expand a little bit on that? What does it look like with a normal lesson, kind of integrating those parts of Nearpod to really enhance a lesson? Um, well, usually, like, there are some that are available that you can kind of see just through their library that other people have created. And um, But the nice thing about it is you have a lot of options. So depending on you know what level you teach, what the content area is that you're teaching, you might want something that's just very quick. So you could pick, for example, to start with like an introductory slide that tells the students you know, what they're going to be learning. Uh, you can add or upload you know, PDF or PowerPoint and give students time to kind of work through your PowerPoint individually. And then once they've all finished, at the next at the next part of it, you could ask them a question. Or it could be something where they have to, you know, show your work. Um, you can do matching activities. You can do a poll. Mm -hmm. And some of the interesting things like I've done, for example, is, you know, when we study culture, I might throw in a picture from someplace we've studied and have them do the virtual tour. And the next question is, you know, how many of you know where that is or, or what place is that? And then you can share the live results with them and they can see how the rest of the class kind of answered to that. Um, trying to think of some other fa the favorite ones. They really like being able to draw and show your work. And even just the quick answer, mobile choice, where they, they can tell right away if they got it correct or incorrect. Uh, it, it's just there's a lot of nice features that you can do really quickly with your students that uh, – to kind of make it fun and, and give you that chance to move around and, and work with them independently rather than just being in the front of the room all the time. So for someone who's never used Nearpod and they're in the teacher's seat, first time doing it with a class, what are some features that they would see on their screen versus what the students see on theirs? Um, is there different controls? How do you pace the lesson? Um, what does that look like? Well, you start um, kind of like how you would start, say, a PowerPoint or anything. For example, you know, you have your choice in the type of slide. So you create an account, you log in, you want to create a lesson, and it gives you options for if you want to upload content, um, if you want to add in some of these 3D images or virtual tours. Uh, but it's it's pretty interesting all of the things that they have available on the website whenever you create an account like you could take a look at the library you can start creating uh, there's some self-paced things that you can do um, they offer webinars sometimes uh, i'm trying to think of other things that that you could do i mean there's a lot of a lot of resources on their website and they keep adding more because they, they value the feedback from the you know the teachers that are using it and people who are nearpod pioneers get involved in it 
um, it, you know, it's really nice that they reach out and they want to know what people like. And one thing I found with a lot of these tech companies, Nearpod being one of them, is that, you know, I've opened up conversations and I know that they enjoy hearing from educators and people that are using, and you don't even have to be in education to use tools like these. I mean, these are, that's the nice thing is they're beneficial to anybody. So if anybody's giving like a marketing or business presentation, you know, all they have to do, they could, they could just add their PowerPoint, which they've had and just add in some extra features, which is pretty cool. But I've connected some of my students and had them give feedback um, in the form of a blog that we wrote for the Nearpod site. And I think that's good to hear because, you know, the teachers are the ones creating it, but students are the ones that are using it. And, uh, you know, we're relying on the information we're getting from that. And if the students aren't gaining anything from it, I mean, you're not just going to use it just because, like, you think it's the greatest thing. Um, it has to have a purpose. And I think for, you know, anybody who's starting, you know, sometimes teachers look at something and, you know, I'm the same way. I will look at something and I think, oh, that looks kind of complicated and there are sometimes when I want somebody to walk me through it and then there's sometimes where I don't I just want to kind of figure it out on my own uh, because I think that's more in line sometimes with some of the students I have uh, so I'd like to play those sides of that but you know there's a lot to explore on the website that makes it easy for somebody who just wants to get started they can just try some of the lessons out like a self-paced right right and and uh for you and your experience, what was, what is one of the features that you love about Nearpod? Something that really sticks out to you, probably one of your favorite features. What would you say? I'm very, it's tough for me when I have to pick one thing. I can't ever <laughs> just pick one thing, so I try and pick like a category of things. There you go. Um, this is going to be, well, the features, at least for recently, it has been the fact that you can pull in these virtual tours because you can do a lot with them and that can, that can lead you to create different questions or you can have students describe what they see, um, you know, the visual and they can, and they have that connection to it. So it brings more meaning to it. But if I had to, another answer, that's not really something that's in Nearpod, I think the, the part of it is that it brings so much more to the classroom that it enables you to give that individualized personalized instruction mm -hmm. and the students, you know, there's something that you can add into it that's going to um, engage each student and it might not engage them all at the same level, but I think collectively just having that different experience and the fact that Nearpod has all of those tools like the polls and the quizzes and the show your work and, you know, embedding a video, for example, um, or just putting in a picture. Like sometimes I'll upload a picture of some movie, you know, a popular movie they've seen, especially around this time of the year. You have all of these like movies that are on and, and repeated and you can put it on and you can have them, you know, write a description or you can write something like in a foreign language if you're teaching like me Spanish and have them draw what you've written. So it's, it just brings a lot of fun and it can mix up, uh, you know, the traditional classroom where you're talking and just give the students an opportunity to kind of mix in. And I've even had students create lessons and be a teacher, which is really pretty cool because mm -hmm. then I get to see what they see, yeah. uh, which is a nice experience as well. Yeah, very cool. And is, were there any challenges that you ran into things that were struggles to get off the ground for starting out or as you've gotten into the program? Um, I mean, the typical ones that you would kind of kind of expect, you know, if not everybody has the access or they can't get in because of a Wi-Fi issue or something. I mean, that's those are just things that happen all the time. Uh, no matter what backup plan you have, you know, you can't always be the best prepared. But sometimes 
just the lag in it or some students wouldn't necessarily see it at the same time. And I just think that that's part of the Wi-Fi, you know, the connection. Otherwise, you know, in my own creation, I, you know, learning how to use it uh, the first time, just, you know, you're not 100% sure what to expect, but that's, that's just part of the fun of it because right. you have to take that risk and then you take that and you go, huh, well, I don't really think that went so well. Uh, or you ask the students, like, what did you think? And I mean, my students are really honest with me, which is, which is really nice because I rely on them and I say, look, I've been a student longer than I've been a teacher and trust me, I've done a lot of homework assignments and projects and I really will not give you something to do in class or out of class that is meant to waste your time. If I put the time into it and give it to you to do for practice or a project, I think it's very valuable. Mm -hmm. um, but I said, with that being said, you might not gain anything from it. And if that's the case, I really want you to come and tell me like, oh, I don't really, you know, that did it. And most of the time it's, it goes well, but I, there are some, and it makes me think like, yeah, you know what? They're right. Um, I could have done that in a different way because some of the students say, oh, you know, you should have had us draw that instead, or instead of choosing the verb conjugation, have us write the verbs or something. And I mean, they're all great ideas. And that's part of being a teacher, you know, that reflective part, because you want to improve on the next step. And the nice thing is with your product, you can go back and you can make those changes. And if the order of it, as you're presenting the lesson, um, if it's too long for your class, you can shorten it up. You can assign it live or you can move things around within it. You know, it's very user friendly. So very cool. And if there were teachers out there who wanted to uh, explore this, can you give some resources for them to do that? Yeah, well, I would definitely say you want to go to the Nearpod <laughs> website for sure. Um, and just, you know, check out, it, it's laid out so nicely it, and it's very user friendly. So you can figure out how to do it. And, you know, if you're not sure, a lot of times I'll, I'll check things out, different tech tools on my own. And if I assign a project to my students, sometimes, you know, I make sure that all of the, you know, security and safety things are, are set because I don't want any of those kind of issues to arise. I want to make sure that the students are having, you know, a protected learning experience. But sometimes I don't necessarily know everything there is to know about the tool. So if you are in that situation, you have some students who, you know, like to investigate, you know, let them kind of lead the way a little bit and learn from them. Uh, because students, you know, I, I learn something from them all the time. And there are, I mean, we can't, we're not the experts. Just because I use something a lot doesn't mean I'm an expert in it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you definitely can go to the website and um, check out everything they have there. Depending on what your connections are, you know, like social media, you can see what people have posted. Uh, you can look at different blogs and, and websites that, that I mean, you, you Google search Nearpod, you can find all kinds of things. And I mean, obviously you have to sift through the information, but uh, just, you know, check out the website for sure. They have lessons that are available. Um, there's standards that are included. You know, it works on any device. I mean, there's a lot of things it offers. Hmm. Uh, it's just take that first step and try it out, make some short lesson, do it in class, assign it outside of class, and then... You know, do a little survey informally with your students or even just evaluate with, or have a colleague. You know, sit down and, hey, let's do a Nearpod lesson together <laughs> and try it out and see what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Rochelle. And uh, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Um, I would just say that no matter what you decide to do ultimately when it comes to integrating technology, um, 
you know, it has to have a purpose. So I handed my student, I can't remember what I handed them the one day. I think it might have been like a stapler. I just sat a stapler on their desk. We were having to talk about what is and what is not technology. And a lot of them said, oh, well, we have these iPads in the classroom and let's do something with them. And I said, okay, well, what are we going to do with them? Oh, I don't know. So my best advice is if you have technology or you want to get some technology involved in the classroom, look at your classroom and think about something that is either, like for me when I started integrating more, it was like, what is something that could be done better? And for me, it was the communication because I was having students who were absent or would forget their materials at school, couldn't do the homework, um, or came to see me at the end of the day and I was in a meeting. And for me, when I first started, it was kind of looking like, how can I fix that? And so I went to a messaging tool. So maybe for you, for any teacher that's listening, think about something that is maybe taking up more time than you would like it to, or maybe there's something that you would like to change because you don't think that it's the best way to do it, and just pick a tool, uh, give it a try, see how it goes, get feedback from students, and uh, if it's going really well, keep going with it and just add a little more, and if it's not, there's there's a lot of more opportunities out there, and um, just try something. Absolutely. And if it doesn't go great, it's part of the learning process. That's right, another way to learn, right? Very right. Cool. All right. Well, Rochelle, thank you so much. I appreciate your time sharing and I uh, hope that you have a great rest of your evening and good luck with continuing with Nearpod and all the awesome work that you're doing in the classroom. Thank you. I appreciate it and good talking to you. Thanks, Rochelle.